Is there anyone who has never asked a question yet that has felt too shy or that their question wasn't important or something like that? Or even if you don't have a question, do you have a topic that you'd like something said about Tim? <laughs> I know. Go ahead. Is there any guarantee that what? Alzheimer's. Ah, right. Um, which lifetime? <laughs> How do we know that people with Alzheimer's aren't very mindful? How do we know? We don't know. No memory. Hey. I'm sure there are times here we all wish we didn't have a memory. But I'll give you another example. <clears throat> if I hold an apple up here, I have an apple, pretend, <clears throat> and I say, look at the color of that apple, and you really focus on it, and you look, and... okay, got it. Now I say, look at the shape of that apple. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All the nuances of the shape. Mm -hmm. Then I say, okay, now touch it. See what it feels like. Okay. Mm -hmm. All over, you know, sensuous as you can be. Mm -hmm. Got it? Then I say, take this knife and, and, and cut it open and look at the inside. And you do that. What do you know about that apple? 
you know, its size, its shape, its color, its texture. Mm -hmm. Now, take a bite of that apple. Mm -hmm. And taste that. Okay? Which gives you the most satisfaction? Looking? Smelling? Touching? Knowing the name of that apple is XYZ? Or the taste? <laughs> Which gives you the most nourishment, the most life, the most... It depends, yeah. That taste is freedom when you practice. You can talk about the concentration, you can talk about the mindfulness, you can talk about the energy, the faith, the doubt, all the hindrances, you can talk about enlightenment, you can talk about anything. But all that's really important is the taste of freedom. And that's what we get when we practice. Okay? Just as, just as in that taste of that apple, there is color, texture, weight, shape, etc. So too, in a moment of freedom, there is concentration, mindfulness, energy, confidence, tranquility, da 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 They cannot be separated. It's as if talking about the shape as opposed to the color. Concentration as opposed to mindfulness. They're all in the same taste. So, in some sense, to try to distinguish so precisely mm -mm -mm, with words, it really ties up the mind in unfreedom. And really what we want is the taste freedom. So, there are distinctions. There's fork in the potato. There's all this talk about concentration. There's all this talk about mindfulness. Yeah. To the extent that it encourages you and supports you and leads you to taste freedom, it's relevant. It's important. Anything more than that or outside of that, you may be able to write a book but that's not freedom. So, I don't know. So much what? Oh, that's nice.
I almost forgot the question. Suffering and purification. Right. Right. Okay. Oh, that's... I'll, let, I'll, I'll respond to that first. Mostly I really want to know what it is. Yeah, okay. I haven't heard anybody Okay. Three things. Suffering, purification, and what can I take home? Okay. With what? With that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> one 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 teacher that I know when uh, he used to say when he was teaching retreat or here, you know, if you take anything home, you haven't done well. This is a dump. <laughs> when you come on retreat, you come to dump all your garbage, to let go. Don't take anything home. To dump it. Get purified. Clean yourself out. Get rid of all the contaminants of your mind, your speech, your behavior, your understanding. Drop it all. Walk out of here crystal clear and pure. Dump everything. Yeah, that sounded pretty good. <laughs> the purification is, in the Buddhist instruction, morality, or living an ethical life, purifies our speech and behavior so that we're not acting in such a way as to cause disharmony and that we live our outer life aligned with our inner life. Purifies our relationships, and our speech, our means of communication and relating. That's purification. Concentration practices, that is the stilling of the hindrances in the mind. Whether you're doing metta or vipassana or any of the brahma-viharas or any other concentration practice. As one is able to stay with the object of meditation, the hindrances no longer appear to contaminate the mind. The mind is pure. That's purification of mind. Through the practice of insight, as we come to see the true nature of the mind and the body and how they interact in a moment and how they their dynamic movement throughout time, we come to understand the three characteristics of Anicca, Nata, Dukkha. We come to understand the Four Noble Truths. We come to understand many elements of, capital T, the truth. This purifies our understanding or our misunderstanding. So the practice of insight purifies... Um, yeah, our misunderstandings and how we understand our life and the world at large. So the, the full eightfold path is these three trainings, purification of mind and body, and purification of body and speech, purification of mind, and purification of understanding. That's purification.
Is that what you? Some call it brainwashing. You know, you come in and wash your brain. <laughs> Get it clean. It doesn't you don't feel you don't feel like your your behavior and your speech and your mind uh, your understanding is purified, cleaned out, uh, clearer. Clearer. Okay. Okay. Here's another image to kind of um, maybe speak to what you just acknowledged. You know, around the house, you have these uh, cleaning rags, dusty rags that you clean in the house. You clean the car, and you know you check the oil, and you wipe the tires, and you know and you clean the stove, and they get really dirty. They're really black, and they're really <laughs> yucky. But they do the job, you know, they kind of get you through, they clean, they do what's got to be clean. Now, if you, want to clean, if you want to purify that cloth, if you want to clean that cloth, you wash it and just bleach it and you hang it out in the sun and you wash it and you bleach it and you hang it in the sun and you wash it and you bleach it and you hang it in the sun. And it gets clearer and clearer and whiter and whiter. And there's, there's some stains, but you pour some more bleach on and you soak it and you hang it out in the sun and it gets clearer and clearer and clearer and whiter and whiter and brighter and brighter and cleaner and cleaner and nicer and nicer. Wait just a sec, wait just a sec, wait just a sec. Wait just a sec. Yeah, 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 wait just a sec, wait just a sec. Wait just a sec. Then, you got a very clean cloth. There's still those, those faint stains in it. There's still dirt, yeah. You know, anywhere you look, there's something to get attached to or averse to. That's right, there's always the potential for more stains in the mind stains in our understanding, stains in our speech and behavior. But, now that the cloth is quite white, when a piece of dirt or a stain or an oil drop or something lands on that white cloth, oh boy, you really see it really clear. You really know that's, that's a stain. So as you purify your behavior and your speech and your mind and your understanding, as you re-enter the world, not that you've been far away, but I mean, as you enter your daily life, ah, when you see stains, you'll recognize them. And you'll say, mm, 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 mm. more bleach. <laughs> Need more bleach. <laughs> and so we just don't accumulate so much layers and layers and layers of dirt. We just, we see it really quick, quickly. Uh, that's, that behavior is going to contaminate my relationship with, you know, myself, my inner and outer alignment. And if I say that, that is definitely going to pollute my whatever. And so that's how, as we purify our minds, our understanding, we become much more sensitive to contaminants, pollutants, we just become much more sensitive to what really causes suffering. And we act and speak and understand in ways that minimize it. There's every opportunity to suffer, believe me. That's definitely, you're right. It's, it's everywhere. It's our choice also. If we see that we have the choice who is going to choose to suffer? 
if we don't see that we have the choice, we may or we may not. That's how I understand, you know, the purification and, yeah, the world is full of this dirt, definitely. Wait till you read the news, it's still happening, you know? I mean, not, not much has changed. The Grateful Dead have decided not to play anymore, but <laughs> other than that, everything's the same. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's time for another day of practice, purifying the mind and our understandings. So, enjoy your day. <laughs>
Um, what I'm finding is feelings of great sadness as I see people leave one, one at a time. And that really surprises me that there are often people I had no contact with, as though the world is dissolving. It's all dissolving, moment after moment. Um, if you find yourself uh, kind of lightheaded and over-energized, you might eat in the evening, just to kind of help ground you a little bit. But if you want to stay on eat precepts, that's okay also. It's for each person to decide for themselves what's, you know, appropriate with their condition. And loss is painful when people leave. So, hug and... You know. <laughs> what to do? Uh, uh, we are on Abramacharya. Uh, no. For all the time that you're on the IMS premises, and that is no sexual activity. When you leave and you go home or you go elsewhere, then you can take the Kamesu Michachara, right uh, relationship to sexuality however that is defined by yourself. <laughs> yes? <laughs> the first one is, don't do nothing. And the next one... <laughs> uh, maybe I'll remember. Yeah? This one. Yes. <laughs> so, pardon? Right. There are four rules for monks which automatically disqualify them. Whether anyone else knows that they've broken those rules or not, they just, that's it. And you cannot take on the robes again in this lifetime. It is a really grievous offense against the Sangha as a whole. And the first is killing another human being. Uh, second is taking anything with a thievish intent that's worth anything. Any, uh, any sexual intercourse with a female. Or, yeah, female, as I recall. I, I, I don't know all. I don't know all the details. Sorry. <laughs> there are infinite conditions for breaking all of the rules, and there are innumerable lesser offenses if you don't meet all the conditions. So it's. But you get the basic gist. 
The fourth one is misrepresenting your, your uh, meditative uh, attainments. Yeah. Yes? What's the difference between normal, healthy sexual arousal and lust? <laughs> <laughs> We're out of time. Uh, <laughs> we'll go. <laughs> In this context or outside of here? The, the question was, what's the difference between... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to delay having to answer this question. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> Um, probably the Buddha would say none. No difference. And you don't need my personal opinion. <laughs> because lust is attachment or desire or craving for sensual pleasure. Normal, what we in this society or any society consider normal, healthy um, sexuality or whatever is desire for sense pleasure. And then by definition they're the same thing. Now, if you're a monk, how you what you do with that is proscribed very narrowly. As a lay person, what you do with your sexual energy is wide-ranging. And it's okay, so to speak, by uh, contemporary, whatever society, standards that you live in. On this topic, I remember Upandita being asked a similar question when he first came here. And he said that at the time of the Buddha, there was a very widely respected uh, spiritual tradition, or I don't know if it was a book or whatever, that talked about the householder's life in much more detail than the Buddha talked about it, and although he talked about it a lot. And there are just some, there are certain, I think there were four or five things that beings should never be ashamed of. One is eating. You should never be ashamed of eating. But this, this is not Buddhist, but this is uh, a widely respected at the time. You should never be ashamed of working. You should never be ashamed of asking a teacher for teaching. And you should never be ashamed of what men and women do together. Or, that was in that time, so I'll let you um, understand that how you will for your own conditions. What was that first answer? Not be ashamed for what behavior men and women do um, together.
So that kind of accommodates some healthy <laughs> sexual energy. However, we're Buddhists. <laughs> so, <laughs> never mind. Um, so today is another talk day. And just a couple of announcements. I think this is one of them. <laughs> okay. Two notes. Uh, for the next hour, 9.15 to 10.15, there's... Um, Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.